Hey friends, this is Caitlin, and I'm so grateful you've decided to join me on The Comeback Couch. So kick off your shoes, put up your feet, and get comfortable with real stories that have shaped real people. You'll hear from doctors, lawyers, mechanics, and moms who shared their experiences of hope, healing, and holding on when it would have been so much easier to give up. Occasionally, you'll hear a story, a teaching, or a quick thought from me. I hope you'll curl up with a cup of coffee and stay a while as we sit on the comeback couch and learn a little more about life and the hope we can find when we look close enough. Hey guys, welcome back to the comeback couch. We are still in our self-love series. We are coming back from self-love in the ways of the world and um, just learning how to love ourselves the way the gospel tells us to. And today I have someone um, who can really, really speak into that and is going to help us battle shame. Mariella Rosario, she is, she's amazing. First of all, this is our first time actually talking like face-to-face, but we talk on social media all the time. She is a writer, a coach, and a spoken word artist. In 2015, she had a radical encounter with God. And since then, she has dedicated her life to helping others be the best version of themselves and walk in their God-given purpose. She has a bachelor's degree in Christian ministries, and she founded She Speaks Fire in 2018. Her and her cutie little boys and her husband live in San Diego, California. And next week, uh, she's coming out with her first book, She Speaks Fire, Battling Shame, Reigniting Your Faith, and Claiming Your Purpose. Mariella, welcome to the Comeback Couch. Uh, So good to be here. Thanks for having me, Caitlin. Yeah, I wish you guys could see her amazing little office set up and her book. She looks beautiful. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to talk with you about this and get to know you like in real time as people are hearing. But we were talking about um, being boy moms. We have like, she has a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I have almost the exact same. So we just... We like looked at each other and, and just sighed. She always says she's like, we're standing in solidarity. And like, yeah, it's a whole different ball game when you got two boys. So um, Mariella, tell me um first of all, why why you founded She Speaks Fire and what it was that was like that so radically changed in your life that led you to this. Yeah. Um, so like I said, like you said earlier, and when you introduced me, I got radically, radically saved in uh, 2015, like in my room, like I didn't go to church. I didn't hear a, a gospel, the gospel being preached. I just heard a voice wow. or a, a prompting in my, in my soul and my spirit to open up the word of God. There was always like this Bible in my house that we didn't do anything with it. I didn't really grow up going to church. We would, we would frequent sometimes my dad had a relationship with God, but like he never really shared it with us. Mm-hmm as kids. And I was like really deep into like drugs and like really toxic relationships, just pretty much anything to help me escape my reality and this pain that I just carried down deep. And as I opened up the Bible and I started reading in Genesis, because obviously if you're going to read a book, you're going to start from the beginning. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I just started and God met me in Genesis though. Okay. So if, if someone's listening that hasn't really opened up the Bible, you're thinking about starting there, go ahead. Because as soon as I read that 
I was created by somebody. As soon as I had a revelation that I was a child of God, a creation of God, as a spoken word artist, I understand that anything I create is with intention. Anything that I create is an extension of myself. And it was through that moment that the word of God, the living word of God, um, revealed something in my spirit that I never knew. And from that day, it was like three in the morning, like crack of dawn. I have not touched drug sense. Like I was doing cocaine, like all these things. There's no withdrawals. There was no uh, recovery uh, groups or anything like that. Nothing against that. It was a supernatural thing that God did in that moment. Like the fire of God met me. That's how, like, I know that I know that I know that God exists because mm. I had this encounter with him. And um, in that moment, I just started like uh, taking in all the word that I could get. And it took me about three weeks before I finally found a church to go to, which I'm still at that same church. I've never been to a different church. Like I've only been at that one, but I walked into the church saved. I had an encounter with God, with the living word of God. And that's where she speaks fire was born is that I'm, I know God's words alive. I know God's word is active. I know God's, uh, his spirit is moving because he met me. And in that moment, when I felt the call to start uh, my ministry, it was from an overflow of what had happened to me. I'm like, dude, I never want anybody to feel like they're purposeless, that they are unloved, that there's no, they're, that they're a burden to this world. I want them to know that they, like God created them. I want them to know the truth, you know? So um, it was really, honestly, from an overflow of what was in me, there was no other intention to come online to um for my ministry other than to share the news uh that set me free man i love hearing stories like that because it, it's exactly what you said like i know that i know that i know like that doesn't just happen like without a god being a force behind it like you don't just decide i think i'm gonna open this book all of a sudden no like he he was after your heart and met you there and it's crazy. Wow. And you walked in, you, you haven't walked out of that church since then. That's yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. So tell me what, what did your life look like before that? You mentioned drugs and things like that. So yeah. Where, where did you find yourself in regards to like this shame you talk about overcoming? Yeah. So I was raised in a single parent household. Um, my parents divorced when I was three. And um, unlike normal situations and parents divorce, us, me and my two sisters went to live with our father. And so I was raised by a single dad. Um, just to give you some context, I'm I'm about to be 37 on the 14th and my dad is 87. Okay. So I had like a man raising me that was old enough to be like my grandfather. A lot of people thought that. So the day and age that he was raised in was very different. Parenting styles was very different. You know, um, men worked, men provided. That's, that was, that was how they showed their love. And my dad made sure every day we had um, breakfast. He, he packed my lunch until I was a senior in high school with a note on the front of my lunch bag and would cook dinner for us every night. But there was no, emotional connection. There was no like outward uh, expression of love. So I always grew up thinking I was a burden. I grew up like, is my dad mad at me? Like, not that he was not as an adult looking back. I just see that he wasn't able to express it in that way. But if we don't affirm our children and we don't tell them who we are, then the enemy will start really speaking wow. into their lives very young. Cause I remember it was easier than thinking. I just always thought that if there was a, a gap in any relationship, I was the cause. Nice. And I just started living 
from a place of like hypervigilance all the time, like reading a room, walking in, what do I need to be to, to survive in this place? Right. So like I had no identity growing up. So that led me to want to escape. Like that's painful. That's painful to feel like you're not loved. That's painful to feel like you're not wanted. It's painful to feel like you're a burden. It's painful. I remember going places and being like, trying not to breathe too loudly. because I just didn't want to take up any space, you know? And it was like, that's the weight I was carrying in, in my life. And then I, I would go and obviously like anything that would make me feel any ounce of numbness or like euphoria, that's where drugs came in into play. Like I would, it would get so bad that I would go to people's houses and just look through their medicine cabinet and take whatever pills I saw there. If I thought that I could like get high or just feel something, you know? And I just would have, I had no purpose in life. Like I didn't care if I lived or if I died, you know, like in my book, I talk about sitting in front of like a pile of cocaine and thinking if I do one more line, I'm going to die. I felt my heart pounding so hard in my chest, you know, and I would still do it. Like that's how hopeless I was, you know? So like, yeah, shame was, shame was like a cloak that I carried just by default. There was nothing else to, comp it wasn't like, oh, I know a time where I didn't. Um, I think, I think there was a time before I had this, like, there was like this really traumatic experience that I, I, I experienced at 10 that really, I think that was when I really started understanding, like, yeah, you're not wanted here. Like, like just don't take up any space. I had my first and only birthday party ever at 10 years old, we never celebrated our birthdays. We would go out to like dinner, you know, but there was no gifts, no like birthday cakes ever in life. And the one time I have a birthday party, no one shows up, not one person shows up to my birthday party. And like in that moment, I was like, okay. I remember thinking, I'm just going to smile instead of crying. Cause everybody around me was looking at me like, obviously they felt bad. Like that's horrible. Imagine being an adult there and nobody's showing up to this kid's birthday party, you're going to feel bad for them. And I can read it. I could, and I, I had like this conscious decision. I said, I don't want to be seen in the pain that I'm in. So I'm going to put a smile on my face and pretend everything's okay. And I never took that smile off. I'm like, I'm great. Wonderful. I have no needs. Like I'm the hap, I have a great, per I won, gr I won a uh, best personality homecoming queen. I was like the girl with all the friends, but really I was just scared that nobody wanted me. And I carried this shame even after. And then when I met Jesus, I was like, why am I still feeling these things even in the church? And I realized that's when I had to go on a journey to uncovering what the shame really was at the root. And it really, it traces back to the garden girl. That's the first thing that humanity was hit with when we fell was, was fear and shame, you know? Uh, yeah. First of all, I have so many things to say, but first of all, since we haven't ever really had a conversation, I mean, I always assumed and knew like this girl's like, she's the real deal. Like she's got it going on and she doesn't play and she brings it. And I'm sitting here like full body chills the whole time you've been talking. I'm like, why did I shave my legs this morning? I shaved for like the first time in a week. And I'm like, that was pointless. <laughs> because okay. it's just, Like you're not. I wish people could see your face as you're talking right now, but I'm sure they can hear it in your voice because you're not trying to tell a story. Like you're just telling the story that you've lived and it's very powerful. So thank you for sharing your testimony because it's, I know it's speaking to people right now. 
And I'm like blown away because I'm just like, she is, um, yeah, like fire. I mean, she speaks fire and it's the truth. So God knew what name to give your ministry. Um, something you said really struck a chord with me. You were in survival mode. And I feel like being in survival mode fuels shame. Like oh, yeah. being in that constant state of like, okay, if I can just get through another day or like get through this, being in this room. And you said that you didn't want to breathe too loud. Like, oh, and I'm, I've been there, you know, like whether that was no, no matter where it is, no matter who you're with. And actually in church yesterday, I had this like, something that the, that the pastor said, like gave me this revelation of, you know, when you're in a room with someone who's like your person, um, mm -hmm. whether it's like your spouse or your very best friend, whoever it is. And there's that like feeling of like, you can just kind of like look at them and you're like, I've got somebody in this room. Like somebody's got my back in this room and how different it is when you're in a room where you're like trying so hard to make sure that they do like you or they do approve and you have nobody in that room. And it was like, God was saying like, that's Jesus. Like as cheesy as that is, like he's got, like I could be in a room and be like, Oh, he knows he gets me. Like exactly. there's just that feeling of having like, Oh, that's, that's my girl. Or like, that's my guy. Like they don't, they know everything about me and they still love me. And like, mm -hmm. if somebody comes for me in this room, they're coming for them. And to not have that definitely does like, give us that cloak of shame. And well, I remember you posting about your birthday party that no one came to like recently. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading it and just like, I was, I felt like I was like there with you, like that, that guttural, like devastation. I mean, even, okay. even though, you know, people, eh, it's a birthday party, you're 10, like that marks you, that marks you for life. Um, and then your reaction is like what set you up for, the next however many years of I'm just going to keep this smile on. So yep. talk about being, being the girl, the popular girl that everybody loved that. I mean, you won best personality homecoming queen and how you, how did you like feel masking that and like hiding that truth about you? Yeah. So it's like such a, it's such a weight. It's such like a, a heavy load to carry, um, that's why when I met God, I was like, oh my gosh, it felt like the, the, the load came off of me wow. in that moment. But I always felt like if they find out who I really am, they will not like, mm. like me, they will, they will reject me. Like, that's why I was always the girl that was like, they're like, what do you want to eat? I'm like, girl, what do you want to eat? Oh yeah. yeah. I'm down for that too. What do you, Mariela, what do you like? Girl, what do you like? Oh, I like that too. You know, I was just mm. always that person that people would be like, she's so easy. She's so fun. Yeah. You know? And it's like, dude, cause I'm afraid to be myself, you know? So it was mm. <clears throat> very much so, excuse me. It was very much. So, um, when I started dealing with my shame, because a lot of us, if let's just be real here, what we do when you're talking about when we, when we have that feeling of shame, what we start doing was we, we pick up these fig leaves, just like Adam and Eve did yep. to cover themselves. And like my fig leaf was like my good personality. Yeah. It was my great sense of humor. It was like my easygoing. Those were fig leaves that were covering my nakedness because I was afraid to be seen for who I really was in the condition that I was in. And then 
the world praises a lot of our fig leaves Ooh. and we get validated for our fig leaves and we become a part of our identity and they become a part of everything we are that we don't even know who we are without them. And Jesus is coming for our fig leaves. He's coming for these mm. false identities that we have put up. And he's saying, you know what? I, I have a better covering for you. My righteousness, you know, you can mm. put down your own works and you can put, clothe yourself in me and in me, you can hide in me and you're safe in me. And and, and your your identity is found in me. And even in your in your fear and in your nakedness, you are still okay. You are still enough. And, and that's like the beauty of the gospel. And I think that we lose that because performance, I, I really think like that's really like at the root of why we're seeing like a lot of fall, a lot of great women and men of God fall from positions yeah. of leadership. Um, because I was, I could have very much like God's grace had me write this book. Because I didn't realize that I was operating in that place of shame from unhealed shame because I came into the church so broken and I, and I found this, this, this good news that freed me. Like I had a, a real encounter with God, but when your soul is not well, when your soul is not healed, I took that brokenness and, and turned it into, I made it beautiful. I didn't yeah. let make the beauty out of my ashes. I was like, I got it. I know what to do. And I started like running with it. And I was, I was praised for it. People, man, she's fire. Oh my gosh, woman of God, you're so anointed, this, that, and the other. Mm. And you're living up to the standard of what you think you need to be. And I'm like, no, Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Why do I feel, why do I feel in bondage? Like I, I need freedom. And then Jesus started coming for my fig leaves. He's like, be authentically, fully present in who you really are. And that's really, I believe what, what, what like Jesus came to do, you know, like we don't, we no longer live behind the veil. We walk in the presence of God. We are yeah. in the garden. Like there is nothing that separates us from God. And a lot of us are still hiding from, from God and each other saying, look what I can offer you. Like, 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 am I okay for you now? Like mm. I, I do my spiritual devotions. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm writing words for you, God, or, or people like what we do to get loved and accepted by people. And God's like, put all that down. Like you are my child. And that's what true self-love is. That's when, right. we, when we love ourselves as God created us in him, in him, yes. apart from him, in him. Sorry, girl. I get, I go on tangents. So you can go ahead. You could go ahead and uh, insert yourself. Anyway. No, I'm like <laughs> taking, I should be taking actual notes, but I'm like soaking it in because this is so good. And man, his yoke is easy. So that at church yesterday, um, our pastor's like, he's deep. He like goes deep, deep, deep. And I love it. And uh, we were in Matthew and he was talking about when the Pharisees are asking Jesus, like, by what authority are you doing this? And so he explained that it, that yoke, like the word is talking about like the derived authority, like that has been passed down from whoever taught you and whoever taught them. And it was so like mind blowing when it's like, what he's saying there is like, you, you get my authority easily. Like, this is not a, you don't have to work for this authority. You don't have to be trained by the top of the top of the top. I'm giving you this authority and it's easy. And I'm like, yes, we don't have to strive. And mm. I I just actually wrote a post yesterday because it's a whole long story and everything's fine. But my mom, as we speak right now, is in the hospital. We thought she was having a stroke. They're pretty sure she has a hole in her heart, which honestly is like best case scenario of, of it all. 
Um, but when I found all this out, I was like, <laughs> it was literally like a perfect weather day with my family at a picnic. And I'm not even going to tell you the words that I said while I was on the phone with my brother. Like I was mad at the doctors back home and I'm like, the poor children in the park. I'm like, they just heard me like <laughs> all the profanity. And I just really felt God telling me like, Hey, I love you then just like I love you on Sunday morning when you're raising your hands and worshiping me. Like, yeah, I don't want that for you because there's better for you because you're better than yeah. that because of yeah. me. But right. you don't, cause in my brain, I mean, it's still so hard because I, this is like a therapy session for me. When me and my therapist talk, it's, my root of everything is shame. Like, ah, girl, it it's all comes back to shame. It's like things that I don't even think could possibly be related to shame. It's shame. And I think that's true for more of us than we realize, which is why I'm thankful for this book. But, um, so that's where my brain goes. It's like, yeah. oh, God is not happy with me. I said the it should. The, the shoulds. Should have done this. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have said that word. Mm -hmm. And why? And, and then I go into like, well, I know this person who's like such an amazing Christian author. She would probably never say that word. She would go straight into, okay, God, let me pray for my mom. And I did end up there. I did end up in prayer, but it took me like a couple <laughs> F words to get there. You know, like, But that's, that's shame. like, that's not God. God's like, Hey, no, like my authority, I've already given you that. And, and those, those fig leaves, I, I'm like, wow, I need, that's a question we all need to ask. Like, what's your fig leaf? Yeah. What are you, what are you putting in front of you? Because what we don't realize is that when we're covering ourselves and covering that shame and hiding ourselves, that fig leaf, we're actually separating ourselves from God with that fig leaf. So yeah. like, yeah, let's it's so it interesting. It's so interesting when God got me on this like path of of uncovering my own shame and understanding like the roots and the origins of it. And it's just really like, God is so intentional. And we go back into the book of Genesis and like in the creation account, like he could have left it out, but he decided to write that they were naked and yeah. they felt no shame. Right. And then when right. they felt the first thing they realized they were naked and they felt shame. Right. Yeah. So it was like, dude, God created us to never feel this emotion, to never carry this as, as, as something, as a part of our experience. So in Christ, our birthright, our inheritance is that we're going to be naked and feel no shame in, in life. Like, okay, you might've said some few choice words, Peter, but Jesus still loves you. you <laughs> right, right. And you're still going to be a disciple and apostle yeah. of the church and be used mightily by God and loved by God that he came and looked for you even after you denied him three times, yeah. because that's why God wants to say shame has no place in yeah. our hearts and, and who we are. And I realized that, um, we live in these things of like the when eyes and the will bees. Yep. Mm. When I, when, when I become a published author, then I'm a really, I'm really a writer. Yep. When I, when I lose weight, then I will be, you know, attractive and I could be free and I could, when yep. I, and this is, that's the root of shame. That's yep. the root of shame because it's like the enemy has you believing that you're going to be able, like, it's something that you get to instead of, yep where you start from and it's like it's like god is so like he's coming for these roots because he's like they, they become idols in our life they become things that we place at that we worship right and it's like for me it was it was i was so rejected i was so abandoned by people 
that I started worshiping them, mm. their validation, their approval, their opinions of me, yep. right? Even when I'm preaching Jesus and I'm preaching Christ crucified and I'm preaching the gospel of God, I'm still over here insecure and like, am I too much like this, that, and the other. Yep. And it's like, we have to get to a point and it's not even us that, that does it. I feel like it's, it's a surrender and it's a allowing God to walk with us and, and uncover these things. Because if he uncovers it in your life, it's because he wants to deal with it. And he's yeah. so, so cool. And so patient because why didn't he show me all this eight years ago or nine years ago when I got saved, yeah. like it took nine years because yeah. now I was at a point where I was able to, to, to handle that. Just like your kids, we have, a, a we mm -hmm. have young children. We're not going to put them in the driver's seat of a car. Cause they, cause they want a car. It's they're not right. ready yet. yet right. Yeah. So like, I believe if you're listening to this episode right now, God is ready to help deal with anything that's keeping you in hidden places, mm. anything that's keeping you silent, anything that's keeping you from fully manifesting his glory because it's his glory, not our glory. And when we live in shame, it's like we're, we're making it about us. Right. Yep. And it's like I had to and that. Don't let that statement cause any shame in your life. There, shame like shame off of us. One hundred percent. But it's like when we expose it is when we can really deal with it, you know? And it's like, dude, shame is such a liar. And I, I'm, I'm over it. Okay. <laughs> over it. Over it. It's, <laughs> it's out. What, you know, all those on Instagram, like what's out, what's in, in 2024 and what's out. Shame is out. Like it's done. But it, you know what, Caitlin, I, I literally, my book is subtitled battling shame. And I wish that I can say I've overcome it. Yeah. I wish I could say, I'm standing over here and let me yeah. tell you guys how to do this. Yep. Even my publishers were like, do you think we should like make a more victorious like subtitle, like overcoming shame or because people like to read about things that they can, you know, um, put into practice or whatever. I'm like, I, I don't believe that that's really being honest for one. No, for right. Two. I think it's something we're all going to battle until we meet Jesus face to face because okay. There's a real enemy here, but yep. we have to engage in the war or else if you'll be just taken as a victim, if you're not engaging yeah, in yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. fighting back and saying, no, no, like you have to actively, actively, uh, battle that. Yeah. I like, I like that a lot. And that, that is, it's like publishers always do want to say like, oh, let's be more, I mean, it's like, let's be more positive. People are going to pick up a more positive book, but like, no, you're right. <laughs> like this is real. And this is what we need because it is a battle it's not you're like you are telling us like this is how we fight but it's not like you're over here saying i'm in the victory seat like I already won come on get like, over here hurry up come yeah, on come on figure it out <laughs> my oldest son has keratosis polaris which is just like dry rough patches and tiny bumps on his skin it's basically harmless and the doctor assures me that it does not hurt him, but it bothers me and I want him to have smooth skin. And I'm telling you that the Maybe James products have truly helped, especially the lotion. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I use the lotion for myself. It, it might be the best lotion I've ever used. I have eczema on my hands and on my knees, which I've heard is part of getting old. Who knew? No one warned us. But this lotion is a game changer and it smells amazing. Maybe James is here to give families back that time of, you know, the, the, the challenges that still peace at bath time and bedtime. Gosh, their products are just, it, it's like a spa for your baby. 
Their mission is one million happy babies and a legacy of connection. It's built for parents by parents. And you can experience the magic of Maybe James at a discount when you visit maybejames.com. That's M-A-V-E-Y-J-A-Y-N-E-S.com and use code COMEBACK. C-O-M-E-B-A-C-K. And that's a special gift from the founder, Chris. He wants to welcome you to the MJ family and let you know that you got this, parents. But hey, like I said, even if you're not a parent, go get the lotion. Honestly, any of the other bath products too, but definitely the lotion. Use code COMEBACK at maybejames.com and let me know what you think about these amazing products. This episode is also sponsored by Pesty. I don't know about you, but bugs in my house, spiders, all the things drive me nuts, especially since I have a baby crawling around. So that's one of my main concerns right now, especially being backed up to the woods in the area where we live. We get tons of little creatures. So that's why I was super excited to find out about Pesty. Pesty is a DIY pest control company, and their mission is to provide pro-grade products for an affordable price. We love that in this economy. These products don't have sketchy chemicals, they're kid and pet friendly, and they reduce the negative impact of pesticides on the environment. My husband is the one who did our Pesty application, and he said it's exactly like they tell us it is, less than 10 minutes, so easy to do. Um, they have safety equipment for you to use, and the instructions are super clear, and we have already started seeing results, which, like I said, is super important for us having little kids, a baby crawling, and living right next to the woods. We see lots of little critters, so the fact that we are already um, seeing them gone is amazing. Pesty only sends pro-grade products that work insanely well, and they are a fraction of the cost of normal pest control companies. It only takes 10 minutes to apply yourself, and it comes with everything you need, including a super cool reusable electronic sprayer. My husband was really excited about that and thought that was awesome. Pesty products are customized to your exact locations, bugs, and climates. How cool. And they even rotate the chemicals so that the bugs don't get used to them. They also want to make sure we protect the honeybees and reduce the negative impact pesticides have on the environment. Pesty has a bug-free guarantee and a 100% money-back satisfaction guarantee. They are committed to getting rid of your bugs and making you happy. They've been so generous to give you guys a discount code. So if you listen to the Comeback Couch, this is for you. You can go to Pesty.com and use code COMEBACK10 for 10% off your first treatment order. That's Pesty.com, P-E-S-T-I-E.com with code COMEBACK10 for 10% off your first order. This is like a touchy subject probably, but how do you think that the church, the big C church, and maybe specifically women in the church, uh, but it can be men and women are working against us, each other when it comes to battling shame, because I, I think that the church is amazing and I love the church and there's so much good it does in battling shame. But when it comes to religion, I think, and that religious spirit of, yeah, 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 I can shake off shame, but also I still really shouldn't be doing that. Like, 
Hmm. I still, I do live with my boyfriend and I'm not married or like I do. And it's, there's such a fine line between, we don't, we don't say, okay, yeah, your sin is fine. Like your yeah, sin no. is not fine. But I think that is so sticky and I think it gets so convoluted. And so people say, well, I'm living in sin. So I have to live in shame. Or like you said, when I stop doing this, God will give me this. Like when I stop saying cuss words, God will give me that published book. When I stop um, looking at what I'm not supposed to, God will give me the baby I want. Like unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So I think that shame, when we when we don't have an adequate revelation of like our identity, the grace of God, um, what we have as an inheritance in Christ Jesus on post post cross, we not only shame ourselves, but we shame others just because yeah. it's a natural language that we have. It's the filter in which we live our, our lives. Right. We love rules. We love formulas. We love, um, you know, three steps, you know, and it's like, it's one of those things that I think each of us has to walk out our own salvation and we have to literally have this own battle and internal and have language for ourselves that we can spot shame trying to be put on us and we can spot shame trying to work in us because at the end of the day, I don't think that this is like a revelation or something that's really even taught on because um, we have you have to engage in it for yourself to even be able to offer help and healing to anybody else. Right. And especially in religious and religion in general, because I mean, there is a standard as, as God's kids, there is a standard. Yeah. yeah. Like God is holy. He's set apart. Yeah. So he, we are set apart. Yeah. We're set apart. Right. And there is, and the thing is, is like those who are in Christ, there's no condemnation to us who are right. in Christ Jesus. Right. So it's like when we, I've heard this idea of a healthy shame, right? Like there's a healthy, um, yeah. And I haven't really unpacked it much, but I'm thinking somewhere along the lines, like we do something that's horrible and we, we have that feeling of, right. Shame, right. I think like that is the, that is a healthy shame. Like that's inherent in us. What I'm talking about is living our lives from a place of, if you are living with your boyfriend, you're, and you want to walk with the Lord and you want to be free, the shame that keeps you silent from the freedom that Christ offers. Because at the end of the day, mm. my one of my uh, chapters, I, I go into the garden and I extract eight lessons that we can learn from the garden when it comes to shame. Mm -hmm. And I looked at where shame did not exist. And then how did shame enter humanity? Mm -hmm. So there was this atmosphere where shame wasn't present. And in that there was community, right? There was community. We had purpose. We had identity. There was these different things that I'm saying, but shame will keep us from showing people are the realness of where we're at. Right. Um, so that's, that's like a really big thing that I think that we need to, you know, kind of like delve into in the sense of battling it and how people are, um, putting it on others. I don't really know if that answered your question. Absolutely. It did. did it absolutely okay. did. Because I think I totally agree that when we, when we lit, when we have shame that we haven't dealt with, which is most of us, then we are then putting it on other people. Given it. And yeah, we are. We're, we're looking at through that fill. I mean, you just think of like, I, I've talked about this with my therapist too, but like, I am not great. Haven't been great working through it of giving myself grace. And I expect like perfection out of myself. So then I do the same to people around me, which is real fun mm -hmm. for my husband, you know, and I'm like, well, wait a second, you should have done A, B and C. And it's like, 
you're uh, expecting perfection out of him. And so then I'm putting shame on him for what he didn't do. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's a reflection of what's going on in my soul. And yeah. so I think that, and I think that's just what, like the church is made up of a bunch of imperfect, imperfect, broken people. And so when we don't deal with stuff, then we're putting on other people. And so right. the more freedom, you know, we go glory to glory. So it's like freedom to freedom. That's what we have to fight for because it's not just for us. It's for our families. It's for the future generations. It's for the people around us. Right. And that that's, that's what that battle is. So no, you definitely um, answered my question. And, and it made me think too, how are you instilling that in your children and in the people around you as you've I, I kind of like, how are you reversing that curse? that you, yeah, you felt and you're like, now I have babies and I have people in my life that I can say, nope, that's not going to happen to you. Yeah. So it's still, it's an ongoing process. So, um, we had Camila when we were young, uh, Camila's 14. Our youngest is okay. three or sorry. Our, our youngest is one and our second is three. So there's this big gap uh -huh. where the other that Camila had was just, Ooh, I feel I'm like, Lord, please like do some divine reversal or something. <laughs> and it's like the link, like she has two different moms, especially after I've had this um, revelation of shame and learning compassion for myself yeah. and learning how to talk to myself. Cause the way we talk to others, we first talk to ourselves that way. Yep. And it's like um, not being, being okay with being wrong, being okay with being humble and explaining. And I realized that is that shame is very much just rooted in fear. There's a fear of being seen, of being vulnerable, of being, um, because if I'm wrong, then that means I'm what, what do I believe I am if I'm wrong? So it's really, you're battling, your own battle is going to uh, overflow into the relationships around you because first it starts with you, with with allowing the Holy Spirit to, to minister and, and reveal things of the way you're thinking and the way you're perceiving and why you do what you do. There's the, you, We have to start asking ourselves, what is our hands on and why, right? Even good yeah. things, even yeah. good things aren't necessarily God things. Cause I was using my service in the church as a way to cover my shame. I was yeah. using all these things. And I'm like, once you get to the root of, of, of everything of who you are, you get to know who you really are, who God created to be. And then that's going to overflow. Cause out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak yeah. Actually, what, what, what comes out of you. Right. So it's not a performance that we can do. Like, I'm just going to be nicer to my kids. I'm going to be more patient. It's like, I wish I, I wish there was a formula like that, but it's every day that I'm engaging every with day. my child. I see my kid having a meltdown and freaking out. And I want to like, my natural inclination is like, get it together. Mom said yes. this. Like, let's go because your, your reaction is making me uncomfortable. I can't mm -hmm. deal with whatever is going on inside of me. So if you just comply, then I will be better. Right. And I've realized like, I need to figure out what, what in me we're dealing with that. Cause then what does that mean? That I'm not a good parent. If that means I'm not a good yep. parent, then what are people going to think about me that I have no control over my kids and that that's all shame. Viral. Yep. Yep. Right. So it's yes. like as we engage and battle this, this thing, it's a thing. It's, I believe it's a, it's a spirit. It's a I thing that it. comes up on you as we engage in battle. And as we, we cast it down and we pull down that stronghold in our life, it's going to flow with our children. And it, and the fruit of me dealing with this is that my kids have gotten a compassionate mom. Yeah. 
they've gotten a patient mom, they've gotten to see a human mom um, that battles with, with God that I'll even come to my kids and I'll say, Hey, like mommy yelled at you today. And, and, the Holy spirit. And I'll talk in language like yeah. this. God spoke to me and told me like, you're his kid. And I have no right to treat you that way. And nobody should ever talk to you that way. It's okay for you to have feelings. It's okay for you to be angry. And I talk to them and I'm trying to like help them see that what I did was wrong. And I humble myself and then also teach them that who they are is not wrong. Like yes. their feelings, like you being expressive, that doesn't make you a bad boy or a bad girl or yeah. whatever. So I think it's really like, have you, I know you've heard this and we're like, you need to do the work. This, the world has, the world has coined that, but yes. the, the church needs to coin that too, is that this is work. This is, it's not going to happen by our forces. Yeah. It's not going to yeah. happen by a hope and a wish. It's going to, it's going to have to, you're going to have to look at yourself and be honest honest yeah. with where you are and then allowing people to see you in that space, you know, and, and taking your life back. Cause shame keeps you captive and it's, it's freaking exhausting. Nobody's for that. Nobody it really is. It's that shame spiral. It is exhausting. It keeps you in that sin cycle. Like you said about like, okay, if you are living with your boyfriend, well, the reason you really don't want to like make a change is because, well, what will people think when they know what I was doing? That's, and that's, that's like, one of those fig leaves of like, I, I want to make sure my kid's behaving this way. So then I snap at them because what are people going to think if you don't obey me every single time we're out in public? And it's yeah. like getting to that mindset of, and I have, you're so right. It is a reset every single day because there are times when you're just like, I just want you to listen to what I'm saying and do what I'm saying and, and behave like a normal human being. But like yeah. they have feelings and I forget all the time. I say this to my husband like every day. My oldest son, two and a half, almost three. He's he's really smart. Like, I know every mom says that about their kid, but I'm like, he really is really intelligent, like emotionally intelligent. I think that's the thing. And so I talk to him a lot of times, just like my buddy, like he's 10 years old, like, hey, Chapel, will you get mommy this? Or like, hey, like literally I'll like, we have inside jokes. I'm like, remember when I did that last week? And I'm like, I <laughs> hang out with with toddlers too often. I'm like, these are my two bros. Like this is, we're riding every day, just the three of us. But, um, I have to like really sit and be like, okay, I had a meltdown over something really dumb mm. 10 minutes ago. And I'm expecting my three-year-old with his three-year-old emotions to like figure it out and get it together. Like, right. no, yeah, there's no shame. And I, same, same language of like, Hey, mommy is really sorry. And Jesus, like, he does not want that, that for me to talk to you like that. And like, it is okay if you're angry. Like, here's what we need to do. If you're angry, we don't need to like throw things and hit our brother, but we need right. to, but that doesn't mean like you're a bad boy. Exactly what you said. And like, yeah, we don't want them to put on fig leaves for us. Yes. Ooh. Like they cover what they really feel because they don't want mom to think they're bad. So yeah. I'm hurting inside, but I'm going to pretend everything's okay. Cause I don't want to upset mom. Yeah, right. I don't want her to be stressed yeah. out. Like I don't want her to be upset. Like I even sometimes feel guilty if he's like, mommy, are you happy? Like, mommy, are you sad? And I'm like, I know that he's just like learning those emotion words, but I'm like, I don't want him to think like mommy's sad because of you, like, right. or mommy's happy because of you. Like, you don't have to worry about that, but that's what we're taught. And we do, we make them put on fig leaves for us. That's so good and it's like we want our kids to just be naked and not ashamed like be who you are <laughs> yeah. because I think we worry that like 
Well, if we just let them be who they're going to be, who they'll they be wild. Be, they'll be wild. <laughs> they'll be out of here. <laughs> yeah, and we can't. But that's what us wanting to like control. And I'm like, you know, my 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 boys both are like they they are wild. And I'm like, I pray every day for God to like you got to deal with that God. Like I don't want to stifle them, and I do not want to put that shame covering on them. So help me, God, discipline them, but also let them be who you have called them to be. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, oh, wow, Caitlin, God thinks the same thing about you. Like, that's right. He thinks like, oh, my wild girl, like you're crazy and you're all over the place. But like, I don't want to hold back what it is inside of you that like does light that fire in other people. And it's crazy how seeing our kid, like I literally, it's changed the way that I see myself walk into a room because I see this wild, like bull in a china shop walk into a room, but he's lighting up the place. Like people are like, oh, he's here. Like he brings the joy. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's how God sees me too. And I think changing that, even just changing that way that we do like deal with other people and see other people, it repairs that in ourselves and, and getting that chance. Like that is redemption. That's the goodness of God that we get chances, whether it's with kids or with our parents later on in life or with siblings, you know, we do get that redemption through other people. Um, Okay. So if someone's listening and they're like, okay, maybe I need to read this book. What is the one thing you want them to know about your book? Um, I want them to know that uh, to battle shame is to be fully seen and fully known. Mm. Uh, So as you enter, if you pick up the words of my book, I, literally living out the message there's I the Lord was very like real with me about what the assignment of my book was and it was to battle my own shame and anybody else's shame that gets battled through this praise the Lord um but it just feels good to be seen and known for who I am so Mm -hmm. I pray that you enter in to my battle with me and the Lord help you get free too that's so good that's just that like we're not doing it alone. And it always feels good when you're, it always, it, it really does always encourage me when I'm reading a book and you can tell, everyone can tell when you're reading from someone who's like preaching at you and someone who's who's in the battle with you. So I'm really excited to read your book. Um, okay, the last question I always ask. So if you could go back and you could talk to Mariella sitting in that room as God spoke to her and she opened up Genesis, what would you tell her now that you're almost 37 and you know what you know now, what would you go back and say to her? I would go back and say to her, remember this freedom and fight for it. Mm, That's good. That's really, really good. I first met him, girl. I was free, free, like a kid, like a child. And then I just started getting into like Christian culture and all these things of what we have to do and be and make it. No, like, no, no. stay free. Fight free, for that. Free. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm about to like write that in this room. Free, free. I'm going to be free, free. <laughs> um, man. Okay. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can follow you, where they can get your book, pre-order, all the things. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. She Speaks Fire Co. on Facebook, She Speaks Fire, my website, shespeaksfire.com. And you could get my website. I'm sorry, you could get my book uh, wherever books are sold, Amazon, Target, barnesandnobles.com, 
all the all the things. It launches on the 13th of February. So I'm sure you, this is going to be live by then, right? Yeah, yeah, it you guys is. probably, Yep. it's already available, guys. Yeah. Amazon, she speaks fire. Yes, grab And it. give, give me, a, I want to like uh, do a little caveat because I believe that when we battle shame, when we are truly who we are, we're all called to speak fire. We're all called to take up space. We're all called to let our voice be known. We're all called to, to do that. So that's what that means. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So your book birthday is the day before your actual birthday. It is. You're Yeah. a Valentine's baby. I am. Yeah. That's like so fitting. That's, that's so perfect. What? That's fun. You couldn't have, and like, just so people know with like the publishing world, like you can't, she couldn't have really like planned that, that her book would launch the day before her birthday. Like, That's really intentional. yeah, it could have come out in the fall. It could have, whatever. So that's And you know what? We had a couple like delays. Like I had to push my publication date twice. Wow. Yeah. Cause Yeah. I had all these, I had all these kids. I'm like, oh, you guys are going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God did that on purpose though. That was on purpose for sure. Um, gosh, thank you for being here. And Well, thank you for having me. I got to go back and listen to all. Of, I'm like, I just heard a, a whole sermon and I need to take sermon notes. So, um, yeah, I'm like, I need to put a little like precursor at the beginning of this. Like, Hey, it's real fun. If you guys usually listen to this while you're like on a run or bathing your kids, but you need to sit down. This needs to be like your, your morning uh devotional time sit down and listen to this and take some notes um thank you for being here thank you for what you do and um yeah i'm excited for what your book's gonna do Thank you, Caitlin. Love you guys. Come back couch. yes love you thanks so much <laughs> hey thanks for stopping by and sitting a while on the comeback couch with me you know i'd love to hear from you questions feedback and even requests Find me on Instagram or Facebook at Caitlin Chapel Rogers. And hey, don't be shy. Share the show with a friend, post it on your social media and tag me, and send me your comeback stories. You never know when they might make it on the show.